So as we continue our series today, what should I believe? We talked about what we should believe about God, what we should believe about God's Word. And naturally, I think that leads us right into what should we believe about God's Son. I know a song come to mind right away. Because we talked about the Bible last week. Uh, what does the Bible tell us? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. God's Word leads us to know that our Savior, our Lord, our everything, our all in all, is Jesus. So what should we believe about God's Son? We'll look at that in depth today. But first, first, before we look at who God's Son is and our Lord Jesus, let me ask you, who are you? Who are you really? What's your identity, if you will? Now really, finding out what our identity is, you could consider it maybe a lifelong struggle. From the, from the day you're born until the day you die, are you not kind of developing your identity to a certain extent? Uh, maybe padding your resume uh, might be a, a term that some of you have heard before. Uh, different things might kind of identify us or help us to um, develop that identity. Your education might be part of that. How far did you get in school? Where did you go to college? So on and so forth. Or what about sports? Maybe not just if you're good at sports or if you're not good at sports, but what team do you root for? Now, some of you all have a really easy identity. You're all UK fans. And then there's a few of us that are smart that are Duke fans. Or maybe there's a couple of you that are Cowboys fans. That's kind of unique. I, you know, I know Chris is a Cowboys fan. I kind of identify him as being a Cowboys fan. Uh, see what I'm saying here? Like, you can identify with that. What about cars? Uh, oh, he's the guy that drives the Jeep, or he's the guy that drives the sports car, he's the guy that drives the old truck, or whatever it may be, you kind of identify with. Your job, where you work at, uh, your wardrobe might be something that you are identified by. Uh, how do you dress? Uh, your talents, whether it's music, or art, or uh, carpentry, or uh, quilting, whatever it may be, might be something that you are identified by. Uh, then we get into more serious stuff like your attitude and your actions. Yes, those also most certainly identify us. Are you known as someone with a good attitude or are you known as someone with a bad attitude? Uh, we all, of course, want to be that person with a good attitude. Uh, also, family might be some way that you are identified um, I'm the husband of Amy, uh, the father of Jonah and Levi and Maggie, so on, so forth. Our identity, though, can also be complicated by some things in life, maybe uh, by an abusive relationship. That might be something that identifies you. Uh, being a part of a dysfunctional home, um, be, maybe you're identified by uh, your belittling friends or a coach, um, by bullying, that's that, that word that... We work on so much in our schools nowadays, and I think, I'm thankful for that because bullying, it's uh, not good, right? But you don't want to be identified or um, have your identity by your bullying. Or gossip, that could change your identity a little bit, whether it's true or not. Um, your rejection, bitterness, maybe even personal failures. 
But all these that I've just mentioned, both good and bad, they, they cry out to us, here's who you really are by these things. So for many of us, our self-worth, our identity, uh, it's forced on us by others. So again, I ask you with all this information, who are you really? Maybe something that we could all think about, but let's not dwell on it too much. Because today I want to encourage you to allow Jesus to work in your life. Allow him to work in your life and develop the identity that God has always desired for you. You see, how do we want to be identified? The first thing I want people to say about me when they say, who is Mikey Sweeney is he is a Christian. And if, if, they, if there's anything else first, then I'm probably not doing something right. And maybe that's my opinion, but first I want to be known as someone who loves God and follows Jesus. Second, I want to be identified as a good family man. Third, I want to be identified as a preacher. Fourth, I want to be identified as a lifelong diehard Chicago Cubs fan. And then so on and so on. Maybe a trumpet player. You get the picture here. First, I want to be a Christian. And I hope that you do as well. So how are we going to do that? What, what, what should we believe then about our Jesus? About our Jesus, about our Lord, about the, the man who died on that cross for you, for me, the reason why we are here today. And if there's any other reason why we're here today, we're not here for the right reasons. If it's because you want to know more about Jesus, if it's because you want to grow closer to him, if it's because you want to walk with him, you are here for the right reasons. And if there's anything else, then you're not. You're not. So what about Jesus? And what, what should we believe about him? John chapter 1. I've got verses 1 through 2 on the screen. But I'm going to read the first five verses. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was God. Think about that for a second. So what is this going to tell us? This scripture right here, just kind of the tip of the iceberg for who Jesus is. Let's get some of these things out of the way. Jesus is God's son. Plain and simple. The son of the living God. And anytime anybody ever comes down the aisle and says, I want to be baptized. What do we want to hear first? Their good confession. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. You got to believe. You got to believe that. Anytime someone ever comes down the aisle and says, I'm going to place my membership, my influence here at Hartford Christian Church. We say, have you been baptized by immersion? And they say, yes. Then we say, then repeat this good confession. Jesus is God's son. The son of the living God. I believe that Jesus is God's son. And if I truly want to develop my identity in Christ, I must believe that Jesus is God's son. I must. Well, what else then? I believe that Jesus is God in the flesh. The Word was God. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He's God in the flesh. We talk about the righteous right hand of God all the time from Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. 
And I know we've talked about this before. I'm just a reminder here. Who is that right hand of God? Jesus. That victorious right hand. What else? I believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the promised one, our Savior. And I believe all this because of God's Word. And if we get into God's Word and we study that Bible, and let me ask you now, this is, I'm going to ask you, who, who read that verse from Psalms last week? I said I wanted you all to read it at home. I'm asking you now because I want to show hands. I want you to think about what you're doing in your lives on a weekly basis to grow closer to God. Or, again, was the last verse you heard when I read it last week. This is something that we all need to put our effort towards. Let me tell you about these testimonies, though, that we can find in this good book, the Bible. Three testimonies regarding Jesus that I want to talk about right now that prove that he is God's son, that he is God in the flesh, that he is the Savior, the promised one, the Messiah. First, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. A voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Testimony straight from the Father. God the Father says, this is my son. That's pretty solid testimony, to to say the least. Is it not? What about just from Jesus himself? Luke chapter 22, uh, verse 70. They all asked Are you then the Son of God? He replied, you say that I am. He's saying, this is what you're saying, right? He's not denying it. We're taking that as a testimony from Jesus. Yes, he is God's Son. So we've got the Father, we've got the Son, both saying that I'm God's Son. Who else can we possibly ask for? Mark chapter 3, verse 11. Whenever the impure spirits saw him, or the demons, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. The demons. The devil. Testimony from the devil himself. You are the Son of God. Even evil recognizes Jesus as the Messiah. The one promised. Our Savior. God's Son. God in the flesh. Even evil recognizes Him. And you see from James there, demons tremble at the name of Jesus. They tremble in terror. They shudder with fear because they know who our Savior is. Folks, that deserves an amen. Now stick with me here today because this is important, important stuff. I promise you there's nothing more important than this. I can tell you right now, I believe that Jesus is God's Son. Now I hope that you're with me on that. If you believe in Jesus... Step one. Step two, what should I believe about Jesus in my life? What does that mean for me to say I believe in Jesus? Because we just saw that even the demons believe and shudder and tremble and they're scared to death. Because they know they're beat because of his victorious right hand of God, our Lord Jesus. We believe that. But there's more to our lives as Christians than simply just believing that. We must act on that. We must live by that. So what does it mean? What should I believe about Jesus in my life? Through Jesus, what do I have? What am I? What's my identity? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. With Jesus, you're a new creation. 
We've been studying Romans in, in depth now for about a year. Coming up to the end of it. If you can make it on, on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock, please be here uh, as, we, as we wrap it up. But we've learned through the book of Romans that when we are baptized, what happens? Death, burial, and resurrection. Wash those sins away and live a new life. We are a new creation. Man, the, the Bible is so awesome. I was talking to Brian Gray this morning. Every time we read it, there's something new that just pops out that really sticks with us, that affects us, that impacts our lives. If anything impacts our lives, it should be the fact that when we give our life to Jesus, we are resurrected with him. And that has a responsibility. That's why we call ourselves born-again Christians. Because of Jesus, I'm a better person. Because of Jesus, I must continually work, study, Pray to be the person that God wants me to be. And I'm because of Jesus, I'm glad to be a new creation. And what about Romans chapter 13? What does it tell us? I've just got a couple of these verses highlighted, but I'm going to flip over to it. I'm going to read them all today. Chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. And we just studied this, I believe, last week. And I hope you're ready for it. It's good stuff. This is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up! Some of you all warned that was going to happen. Wake up! Are you with me today, church? We're talking about Jesus, y'all. There's nothing more exciting than that. Wake up! Time is running out. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes... And put on the shining armor of right living. Or the shining armor of light. The armor of light. Verse 13. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness. Or in sexual promiscuity. Or promiscuity. Or immoral living. Or in quarreling and jealousy. Don't do these things. Right? Don't. Participate in the dark and wild parties and drunkenness and sexual promiscuity and immoral living and quarreling and jealousy. Don't do that. Instead, verse 14, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge in your evil deeds. Clothe yourself in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, say amen to that. My goodness, we are so blessed to have a God that loves us so much that he sent his son, the best man of all time, who gives us, makes us that new creation and also gives us that new wardrobe. The new clothes, that new attitude, that that light, that righteousness, that that right living. Folks, that's awesome. We must clothe ourselves with Christ now. Does anybody else love getting a new wardrobe? I, I'm getting some new clothes. I like to go up to Academy. I like to get the Under Armour stuff. My mom likes to take me sometimes to get a new shirt. My mom got me this shirt. It's great. I'm wearing it. Like, so awesome, right? Feel feel like a new person. Sometimes we get new sunglasses. We feel new, right, Randy? Like, it's like a new hat or something. Just that newness feeling. And some of you guys are kind of like, eh. The girls know what I'm talking about. Trust me, I see Amy's face light up every time she comes back with a new uh, outfit, right? See, that's what Jesus does for us. 
No, our outfit's not a shirt or pants or socks or underwear or sunglasses or hat. Our outfit is that attitude that we carry with us everywhere that we go, or at least should. That, that fruit of the Spirit, that love, that hope, that peace, that patience, that kindness, that goodness, that faithfulness, that gentle self and self-control. That should be our wardrobe. We must put on Christ. That's what we have, thanks to him. What else, though? Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We have a new identity, because Christ lives in me. I want that old self gone. That old self with all the hurts, with all the failures, with all the rejection, I want it gone my, my new identity in Christ is one of acceptance, is one of love, is one of forgiveness. And I gotta live that new identity with that new wardrobe because I'm a new creation and I gotta live it every day. Back to Romans chapter 7 verse 24 through 8 2. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Therefore, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Amen is right. This is awesome news. Through Jesus, because of Jesus, I have no condemnation. Justification. Something we've talked about again in great detail through this study of Romans. We are declared not guilty. We are declared righteous, free from condemnation. And I don't know about you all, but I know without Jesus I'm condemned. I want you to understand, I personally try to be a good person. I do. But just one sin, just one sin, and I can tell you, I got way more than one. But just one sin, and you're separated from God, except for through Jesus. And through Jesus, we have no condemnation, even when we deserve it. So when I truly surrender my life to him, then God will certainly not condemn. Now, people will. People will condemn you. They will condemn you for things maybe that you deserve to be condemned by. They will also condemn you for things that perhaps you do not deserve to be condemned by. Can't help that. People will condemn you, but God will not. Because your identity is with Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 29 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am a gentle and humble in the heart. And you will find rest for your souls. See, that condemnation we no longer have to carry with us. We are free. That's rest for my soul. See, those sins, they, they can be heavy. That's a heavy burden to carry. But when we accept that blessed assurance that we have through Jesus... We're free. It's rest. 
And when we allow that to happen in our lives, now stick with me, this is important. When we allow that to happen, when we believe that we are free, that we have rest for our soul, that there is no condemnation through Jesus, what else is there? Joy. You want to have joy in your heart? Believe in Jesus. Believe that he has freed you from this burden of sin, from this condemnation. And then prepare to rejoice because there's nothing left to do but that and to live a life following him. So we'll wrap it up today. What then should I believe about this relationship with Jesus? All these things that we know that he gives us. All these things that we've talked about that we know who he is. What about my relationship with him? Let's break it down by looking first at 2 Corinthians 6.18. I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. God is our Father. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, right? This is important for our relationship with Jesus. We've got to first recognize that God is our Father. A personal, loving, caring God who is not far removed from us. Remember, He's right by our side. So if God is our Father... And Jesus is indeed the Son of God. Romans eight seventeen. If we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. We're co-heirs with Jesus. Think about that song we sing it every Sunday. The family of God. Co-heirs with Jesus. Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this side. For I'm part of the family. The family of God. We're adopted. But we're co-heirs nonetheless. With our Lord. The only begotten Son of God. Jesus Christ. So then what do I believe? I believe that thanks to Jesus we shall inherit the kingdom of God. What do I believe about Jesus? It's really quite simple. He is Lord. Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for giving us your Son, Jesus. Our co-heir, our brother, our Lord, Messiah, our Savior, our friend, our Redeemer. Lord, we are so unworthy we are worthy of condemnation, but we thank you for giving us Jesus who takes away that sin, that burden. We thank you for making us a new creation. Help us to live that way every day of our lives. Lord, we know we have a responsibility as we follow your son, Jesus. Help us to do that every day. Help us to do that in a way that will also allow us to fish for men. Lord, help us to have the attitude of Christ every day in our lives and actions that prove that. I ask, Lord, a blessing upon our church, our church family right now. Help us to live like we are indeed co-heirs with Jesus. And it is in Jesus Christ's most awesome name that we now pray. Amen.